mind. Thank you, Lord, that your word tells us as well that perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah, because fear has torment. We thank you this morning, Lord, that we know that we are loved by you. Hallelujah, Father God. You love us unconditionally. You love us till all fear is casted out this morning. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that there is no fear in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we lift up every person in this house, every person that's streaming live, all of our loved ones this morning. Hallelujah. Father, praying for our unsaved loved ones. Lord God, asking that you would save them wherever they may be listening, wherever they may be living, wherever they may be sitting, wherever they may be gathering. Spirit of the living God, invade the place where they are, Lord God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your presence, let your anointing, let your word visit them, Lord God. Your word, Lord God, even your grace that's appeared unto all men. Watch unto salvation. Let it appear, Lord God, unto our unsaved loved ones in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, if I've seen the IAC chaplains this morning, we pray, Lord, for the IACM, for every minister, every ministry, every church and parachurch. We lift them up before you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for our leaders, Apostle C. Lord, and for Sister C. this morning. We lift them up before you and we speak blessing, health, healing, favor, and grace over their lives in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for Pastor Gardner this morning. We lift him up before you. And Lord, we speak healing. We speak strength. We speak blessing. We speak favor and grace over his life this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for our own leaders in this house, Lord. We pray for our bishop and for Dr. Shell this morning. We lift him up before you. Father, we speak blessing. Blessing the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and has no sorrow with it. Blessing over their lives. Blessing, Lord. Health and healing over them in the name of Jesus. And grace, 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 and more grace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace over this ministry. Grace over the ministry this morning. Grace, Lord, to reach everyone that's streaming live, to reach everyone that's watching. Let the power of the Holy Ghost invade their homes. The power of the risen Christ invade their homes. Spirit of God, let your power be manifest and fill them. And Lord, we give you the praise for every believer, for everyone, Lord, that seeks you across this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, Spirit of God, we pray this morning that you would annihilate, that you would demolish, that you would wipe out coronavirus from your stripes. take a moment this morning and pray uh, in Terre Haute, Indiana my spiritual daughter and Bishop Clarence um, she's changed her address to Glory Boulevard it was Terre Haute Evangel Church they named their church after us and a uh, very faithful couple they're here every year for the conference in June and just drew close she's had a long battle but now she's home so I want to pray for Bishop Clarence for the church 
and for the people there of Terre Haute. Dr. D, would you come and lead us? Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Powerful prayer this morning. Give the Lord a clap offer. Thank you. Amen. There's a time to, to pray. And this is the season. Amen. But uh, she had faith. She believed. They believed. We prayed. We believed. But God, the answer. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for Terre Haute, Indiana. Bishop Clarence, as he proceeds on with the church and with his family. Father, we thank you that even now that you're the God of all comfort. And Father, even as she and they have made their transition, we bless you, thank you, magnify your God. That right now, they're blessing you, magnifying you, worshiping you, bowing down to you, and seeing God that there is no more sickness, disease, there is no more trouble. But Father, for those of us, or them that are still in the earth, God, we pray and lift them up. We lift up the congregation. We lift up the spouse. We lift up the children. We lift up the grandchildren. We lift them up, God, in the name of Jesus. And we pray, oh God, embrace that you will lift them up and hold them in your arm, that you will breathe a word of assurance, that you will breathe a word of hope, that you will breathe a word of comfort, and that you will breathe your word of life. For surely, God, we thank you that you are the resurrection, the truth and the life. So we pray for resurrection, miraculous healing, deliverance, power, God, among them in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we pray and ask you to supply everything that they need, all the finances, all the people, God, everything that they need. But in the name of Jesus, God, we're praying that right now that the enemy will not be able to take advantage of this time of grief, but God, they will lock arms together with you and they will be stronger and they will last longer in the name of Jesus. So we speak life. We declare that they will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. So we bless you for that. Thank you for that. And praise you, God, that we can trust you with them. We can trust you with their family. We can trust you with their life. And so, God, we bless you and thank you right now that you are very present help right now in time of trouble and as they walk through God they're not alone and we bless you that they're not so even as we celebrate and commemorate the home going we do bless you God that there is still work that needs to be done so God we thank you for fire over that place that you will give them wisdom that you will give them know how that you will help them God to go to the next level in the name of Jesus we praise you for it Amen. Amen. The number four symbolizes hard work and purpose, and it establishes foundation, practicality, determination, organization, drive, and passion. And together, the number 34 symbolizes creative energy to achieve your desires and life purpose. Now, how many would like that number in their lives? Amen. So our bishops today, Bishop and Dr. Cheryl, have been married for 34 years. Amen. And I think those numbers and what they represent <coughs> represent our bishops. The foundation that they've planted, the dreams and the vision, the energy, nobody works harder than this couple. Not only for Evangel, but the truth is on their marriage. Like all of us, we've, they've been through their ups and downs, but they have made this steady increase in their lives together so that they continue to come together on both the physical, spiritual, and soulish level. Amen? So they represent the oneness that Christ wants with us, they have with each other. So say together with me, happy 34th anniversary, bishops. Happy 34th anniversary, bishops. So we're going to take... 
and many more, you're right. <laughs> so we're going to take up a 34th uh, anniversary special offering for them. Uh, if you want to contribute, please make any checks payable to ECC. Uh, there are the credit card envelopes, cash, same thing, ECC. But bishops, given the time and the season that we are in, as always, they're, they're selfless. This offering isn't going to them. It's going to help pay the bills and, and to keep evangel moving forward. Amen? So not only are you sowing into their lives, but you're going to reap back, which is a great blessing of what bishops always do. Whatever comes to them, they always give back. Amen? So once again, they're just setting that example. I'll just give you a minute to fill out your envelopes. And, uh, and while you're doing so, I'm going to pray. If, uh, if you are done with your envelopes, please extend your hands towards bishops. <clears throat> Father, we thank you that you are their father, that they know you intimately, that their hearts are knit as one, and they are one flesh because of who you are, because of what you are, have done in their lives and what you continue to do in their lives. So, Father, even as the number 34 represents so many things, I speak that into bishops. The energy, the vitality, the dreams, the visions, the accomplishment. Father, that you will continue to give them the strength to do the work of the evangelist, of the pastor, of the prophet, of the preacher, of the teacher. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you continue to move in and through them. Father, we continue to proclaim long life and good health over them. And I thank you, Father, that they continue to be that, that witness. They continue to be that light in, in a dark world, Father. And even as the world grows darker, that their light will shine even brighter. And Father, even as you say, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Father, that is their goal. So Lord, we ask for your, your blessing, your double portion blessing upon them this day that they will celebrate their time together the 34 years that they've had together knowing father that this is not even halfway through what it is that you have planned for them but you, you continue to strengthen them you continue to give them new vision and new dreams and father that they walk that path together hand in hand father we speak a hedge of protection over them we speak the blood of jesus over them we speak warring angels and ministering angels to come to them father and to war on their behalf so father thank you for all you have done in and through them thank you lord for all that they do for your kingdom and for evangel and father we just give you thanks and everybody said amen so ushers if you're ready come forward and then afterwards uh, maybe come up to bishops at the end of service and just give them a hug and, and just tell them how much you appreciate them. Amen. faithfulness uh, to us. Me and Cheryl decided that prior to coming today to take our offering and donate it to the church. So 
Thank you for giving to us. You get double blessing. We receive your love offering. But wherever it came in, all that's going to go back to the church. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Um, let's stand up. I can't have you hug one another, but we can do this. Within three feet of somebody, bow down and say, say these words. I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. You'll make it and I'll make it. Go ahead. Find three people and do a bow, bow to them. I'm overcomer. I'm a winner. You're a winner. You'll make it and I'll make it. Find three people. Bow to them. Amen. And all of you watching us this morning live stream, bow to the screen and say, I'm an overcomer. You'll make it and I'll make it. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I'm so excited about what God's doing right now. Um, we prayed last week, and Sister Sims' wait, brother. Wait, 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 wait. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. You'll make it, and I'll I'm make winner. it. You'll make it, and Amen. I'll make it. Amen. <laughs> now, now, I want you to know. Praise Before you give a praise report, today's our anniversary. Yeah, we know. You know, I told my wife I was going to take her to dinner. And I said that because it was a special day, she's a special girl, we were going to go somewhere very, very special because the restaurants are all closed. I am. I am. I am looking there. Amen. And I said I would take her to White Castle. And I said, no, let's go to Burger King. It's healthier. I'd rather go to White Castle and get a double cheeseburger. It's very little. But whatever your heart's desire, if you want Burger King, we'll get a carry out there. Amen. Praise the Lord. But last week, Sister Sims' brother was very ill in the hospital. Um, I think he had a stroke. Yes. But he is recovering and doing excellent. Thank you, Jesus. You know, in this season, you maybe can't see people and touch them, but you can certainly touch them with a card, with a snail mail card or a little letter, with emails, with texts. You know, these are ways we can reach out to people. And so do it. Reach out to people. I was, yesterday, uh, I had to stop in and grab a coffee somewhere for someone. And the gal there was just so full of fear. And um, so I just ministered to her. And I said, look. I said, your hope isn't in this stuff. I said, we have a king of kings and lord of lords. And I just prayed with her. And, you know, she goes, wow, it just changed my whole atmosphere. Jesus does that. Amen. So share that with people. Man, this is the greatest season of harvest. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God. For your goodness, your kindness, your mercy and grace towards us. Now, Father, as we look to your word, to your everlasting covenant, to everlasting promises, Father, let us stand, believe, have faith, and encourage others. Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you will speak to us today. Yes. Father, bless all those that are watching, all those that are here in the sanctuary, and all those that will receive the grafted word into their heart. In Jesus' name, we say and pray, Yeshua HaMashima, the blessed Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. Something a little different this morning. And I have a clip from Jonathan Kahn, which I'm going to share in a little while. And I want to review a familiar passage of scripture. But first, please turn with me, if you have your Bibles, and look up on the screen to the NLT version, which makes it very clear. Jeremiah 17, 7. This is the time that we need to hold on to these promises. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord 
Their hope and confidence. You need to get that verse. In our spirit. In us. Let's go. Let's all read it together out loud. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and who made the Lord their hope and confidence. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I have a theme for today. Now, I want you to get this in your spirit. Okay? I want you to get this in your heart. I'm not favoring any person. I just want you to get this in your heart. I'm going to say it, and we're going to say it, and say it, and say it, and say it, until we get it right. Are you ready? Let me read it to you. Do not judge the White House, but judge your house. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, your house. Let me say that again. Do not judge the White House, but judge your house. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, your house. Amen. One more time. Do not judge the White House, but judge your house. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, judge your house. Mm, boy, is it quiet. Let's say it all together with me. Would you repeat it with me? Go ahead, Cheryl. Do not judge the White House, but judge your house. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, your house. You know, I just have to say at this season, I'm an encourager. So I just think our president And our vice president are doing all they can. I think all of our leaders in government are doing an awesome job. And I just got a shout out to Jennifer, uh, not Granholm, Jennifer um, Gretchen, not Jennifer, Gretchen Whitmer. She is doing an awesome job here in Michigan. And I say that because, uh, you know, she has allowed us to be here this morning. And uh, she values the Lord in our lives because she knows people are full of fear and their hope is at least in their God, whoever that is for some. But for us, I'm excited because it's Jesus. And so I just shout out to her and her administration because Gretchen's doing a good job. Amen? Amen. You know, we have to understand, saints, at this hour, we have to eradicate the enemy's legal right in our lives. And so today we want to look at that. We want to look at Second Chronicles 7. And what does that mean for all of us? What does that mean as we are pursuing God and our walk with God and our journey with God. What does that mean? And so uh, this is going to encourage you, but it's going to cause you to really take a look at what God's doing. I just want to share with you something, um, a testimony. In despair, Mm -hmm. don't stay silent. Cry out to God. He hears and waits to restore your hope. Though he doesn't, go ahead, always. Though he doesn't always take us out of hard situations, he promises to be with us always. That is so key. I can remember years ago, uh, my father died and I inherited the automobile dealership on Gratiot. I shared this with some of my staff. I was a six mile in Gratiot. The dealerships were all down there. The Datsun dealer, the Chevrolet dealer, the Buick dealer. Our dealership was there. And uh, I was a new Christian. My father was gone. He was a wise man in the world. But I had no one to talk to. And young Christian. Now you understand that I had 
55 to maybe 75, best I can remember, of Cadillacs, Lincoln Town Cars, 225s and change, as we used to call it, 98 Oldsmobiles, Bonnevilles, and I catered to the pimps, the prostitutes, the mini mobsters, the dope peddlers, and even the relatives of the people that rent here, the Romanian church, the gypsies. Everybody say amen. They told me their grandpas and stuff used to buy cars for me. And I had all this heavy iron. And that's what the car lot was. I didn't know how to spell the word Volkswagen. I didn't know how to spell the word Pinta Vega. And the gas war hit. Prices of gas went up. You couldn't give a Cadillac away. Some of you are old enough to remember back that far. Amen? You couldn't give a Cadillac away. And I had a whole look out in the yard and I go, oh my God. Lord, I'm a new Christian. What, how am I going to make this? Oh, I got a bunch of, you know, you can make a tank out of, make, make a whole army of tanks out of all the stuff that I got here. They come and say, I want a 225. You know, convertible, you know. And I want a 98. Drop top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they come in. Those gypsies always paid cash. Oh, they were good. They were good. Whatever price they asked, whatever price you wanted, you asked four or five hundred more. They let them chew you down. Amen. That's the way that they worked. Amen. Watch it. And you got out of exactly what you wanted. But God was faithful. Yes. God was faithful. He took care of us. He took care of me. I got through it. I learned how to spell Volkswagen, how to spell Pinto, how to spell Vega, and to stock my iron yard with all these cars. And I can stand here today, and I made it through. Amen. And still ate steak and went out to eat. Amen. God will take care of us. That's right. Yes, he is. He will take care of you. Be confident and know that God has got your back. Let's round it up a little further. This isn't the first time we have epidemics in America. That's right. If you go back far enough, I can remember the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. Man, we were scared to drink out of a drinking fountain. We were scared to eat in a restaurant. We'd wipe the utensils down. How many remember that? Glasses, cups, doorknobs. And on and on it went. And the AIDS came. It still might be there, but the AIDS is gone. It's a major epidemic, and we're still here. Praise the Lord! He took care of his own. He protects us like Goshen. He takes care of us. How many remember the other one? Which was the other one in Canada? Scars, scores, whatever it's called. Scars. I call it scars. Amen? How about Ebola? These things have come and have gone. Thank you, God. And we're still the people of God. He protects his own. Come on. Thank we're God. bought with the blood. We're redeemed Hallelujah. in the blood. And how many times does the Bible say, fear not, fear not, fear not? Depending on what version, some is 500 and somewhat times. In other versions, it's 600 and somewhat times. The Bible says, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Amen. It was prophesied this morning as we were praying. Let's rise up. Yes. What a great time to reach out to people. Yes. Their tension, their conversation, the words are all about the coronavirus. What a time to share our faith. What a time to see healing. Good to see you, Pastor Parler, back in church. Amen? Praise the Lord. Woo! God answers prayer. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. I remember if God can get me through with a ton of a yard full of iron, I, I sat there on the porch, on the front cement porch, and I cried. <laughs> look at these tanks. Nothing but tanks. All this iron. You couldn't give a car away on giving car. The gas was up here. And nobody wanted the gas guzzlers. And I cried, and I cried. God. What am I going to do? But it took work. I had to learn about mechanics. You know, I had 34, 35 people I was responsible for in the dealership, their lives, their families. 
So I was making decisions for all these people. And I, you know, how am I going to do this? I'm a new Christian. I've got to witness my faith. I mean, my mechanics didn't know how to work on a Volkswagen or a Pinto. You understand? They were working on 98. So back then, the alternator and the Bonneville was the same alternator they put in the 98, same alternator they put in the Electra 225 or the Park Avenue. Same alternators, same regulators, same radiators. All was the body shell basically was the difference. So my mechanic, but when you got into a, a Volkswagen, they didn't know how to work on this stuff. But we adapted and we learned and we made it through. Give God a clap off. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Second Chronicles. Uh, we often quote verse 14, but we need to look at verse 13. He says, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence. And in the uh, other versions, it uses a fatal epidemic disease. That's wow. the definition. Say pestilence. It says if I send pestilence among my people. How many of you know that's where we're at? Now, look at this. Verse 14. If my people. Say, I'm a my people which are called by my name, say, I'm called by his name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Wow. Say pestilence. Definition of fatal Epidemic disease. That's, right. That's the definition, biblical definition of pestilence. Say fatal, fatal. Epidemic, epidemic disease. You know, other times when there have been epidemics, when there have been serious situations going on in America where the people have been in fear, like 911. People came back to church for a season. But I want to tell you, this time, God has everyone's attention. The world, not just America, Amen. the world. And he is putting us in places where all we can do, you know, there's just so much laundry you can do. There's just so much stuff you can do around your house, so many closets you can clean out, whatever. But he's given us so much time to spend seeking his face. One of the things as I prayed, God began to speak to my heart, is that at other times, if the intercessors would come and pray and really get before the Lord, he broke stuff over this land. But this time, I really sensed God was saying, no, now you got to pray because bring it all to the mercy seat. Bring it all to a place because my people this time need to repent. And, you know, I began to pray and cry out to God. And God said, you have to see something. He said, you have to see that as goes the church, so goes the nation." He says, I need to see the people in the house judging their houses. My people need to repent. My people need to come before me. And then as my people are humbled and they're on their face and they're crying out and repenting, then they can stand in the gap for this nation. So I really feel like that's a word of the Lord for us. This is a season where God is saying to us, this particular time, I've put you in a position where I want you to seek my face. Cry out. Cry out for your families. 
cry out and stand in the gap repenting. You know, so many have said to me, well, I'm not living in sin. Okay, you got pride right there. And he said, then you get in the gap for your loved ones. You get in the gap for your neighborhoods. You get in the gap for your communities. And he says, your nation and your cities and your states. Stand in the gap and repent. Repent in this hour for abortion. 65 million babies. Repent for the drug abuse and the alcohol abuse. Repent for the traffickers. Wow, we'd like to just take a means and blow them all away. He says, repent for them. Stand in the gap and cry out that I could miraculously lead them to me. Now, I want to simplify this. Because it's a very familiar passage of scripture. Some people say, well, God's in control. He'll do it all. I want to draw your attention to a four-part action. Things that we have to do. Because there are those that say, back in the Bible, well, God will just do it all. He's in control. I know what you're saying. But some of us are passive. Yes. God's in control. He'll take care of it. We'll get through this. No, he gives you a four-part action. Are you ready? You'll know this when you hear it. Say pray. pray. Humble. Humble. See. See. Turn. turn. Humble. Humble. Pray. Pray. Seek. Seek. Turn. Turn. The word turn there is the same word as the word repent. All right. So you've got something to do. Not just stand back and let's say, well, God's in charge. God will take care of it. You know, I can sit back and just ride it out in the Holy Ghost. Oh, shut up. You've got a part to play. And your part in the midst of this is to humble yourself, break before God, yeah. amen, pour out your spirit, your hearts before God, and say, God, get on your face. Begin to pray. Pray against fear. Cry out for God, for yourself, for your church, for your nation, and for the world. Begin to seek him with all of your heart. And not just for yourself, but for others. Hear him. What do you want? Reset my life, God. I'm going. Seeking, not just a one-time occasional seeking of God. The church filled up for about two, maybe three months after 9-11. It wasn't lasting. We got to make a lasting decision, not just a seasonal seeking. And we have to turn. Everybody say turn. Stand up. Stand up. Turn around. I'm turning around. In this season. Turn around again. Say I'm turning around. In this season. You may be seated. This is a season of reset. Look at your neighbors. Shout it across the aisles. Reset. That's what God spoke to me. He said, it's a season where I am resetting. And I said, okay, God. And our first thought needs to be, God, what do you want to reset in me? But he gave me a good example. He said, you know how you got on your iPad this morning? And I said, yep. He said, and it wouldn't move. It was like stuck in a spot. And I said, yep. He goes, and you did what? I said, I reset it. He said, that's what I'm doing. He said, so many are stuck. And he said, as you reset, and this is what it means. I looked it up. It means to return to the original position. Mm. Return to the initial place and state that I purpose for your life. God is saying to us, first of all, to cry out and pray. Listen, your life isn't worth anything except what you're doing for God. Hello? Our lives are only worth what we're doing for God. You got to look at it and say, in the scope of eternity, 
What good is this that I'm doing? So we got to pray. No fear in this hour. Pray, pray, pray. Cry out to God. Decree, decree. Remember, we're in the decade of pay. We're in the decade of the mouth. Decree the word. Psalm 91, everywhere I go, everybody's saying, Psalm 91. We've got to pray. We've got to begin to humble ourselves because when we're humbled, then we produce something for God. It's not in your mountaintop experiences. It's in prayer and seeking him and humbling yourself that you're producing good fruit. One of the things that God showed me too is in seeking him, that means that time alone with him. Surrender. And he said to me, he goes, tell everyone to stop gracing their sin. We keep gracing everything. And I'm all for a message of grace. But just like everything else man does, he takes it all the way over to the right or all the way over to the left. Yeah, there's a place for God's grace, but we got to stop covering up sin. We got to call sin, sin. Amen. So seeking him, God said, this is a season of awakening. He's shaking everything. There was an earthquake the other day in Utah. He's shaking everything that can be shaken. How many of you feel that in your life? <laughs> but it's a tipping point, and God said by Passover, we will begin to see incredible change. breakthrough, change. God said when you put your blood over the doorposts, put Jesus' blood over your doorposts. <laughs> Passover. He says you're going to see this economy come back. You're going to see things return. Yes. It it's time to return. return. It'll turn around. Yes. Say, I have a part, I have a part. Of, action. of action to humble, to, humble. to, pray. to pray, to seek, to seek. And, to turn. and to turn. Now he gives you three promises. You know these already. He says he will what? Hear. Yes. He will forgive. And he will heal your land. That's twofold land. That means the countries and your earthen vessel, the land. Because we need healing. Philippians chapter 2. Begin to prepare the uh, Jonathan Kahn clip, please. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 in the I NLT. I wanted to add one thought. We're going to see things unfold in the days ahead between China and the United States. Yes. I believe we're going to draw a line in the sand. But I believe we're going to get blessed in this country because we're seeking God. And everybody yes. I talk to, I'm pushing, seek God, pray, cry out. God's going to bless this country. And we're going to see it. When we... Here, what God's doing, we can't help but rejoice. He's hearing you. He's hearing your prayers. How many of you know it feels good to be heard? He's forgiving us, and that gives us incredible freedom. And how many of you are relieved that God is forgiving us? And he's healing us. And this time, we need our land healed. Amen? Hallelujah! He will do what he says. Yes. This is just the beginning of a harvest of yes. the end time. He's shaking just before it's here. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Yes. Any comfort from his love? Yes. Any fellowship together in the spirit? Yes. 
Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Yes. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Love you all out there. Love you. Did you hear that scripture? How many got it? Study it. Yes. Now, if you believe that scripture, repeat with me. Say, do not judge the White House. Do not judge the White House. But judge your house. But judge your house. Judgment begins. Judgment begins. In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. My house. My house. Roll Amen. The, roll the clip and cut the lights, please. This is Jonathan Kahn. We are standing at a pivotal moment in American history and world history, a moment that can permanently seal our nation's course and the course of the world for good, for bad, for calamity, for redemption. America and much of Western civilization was founded on a biblical foundation stone, but it's turned away from that foundation. We have not only driven God out of our public life, and have called what is good evil and what is sin good. But we have sacrificed the lives of over 60 million unborn children. And America's fall from God is not only progressing, it's accelerating to the point that it's no longer just a falling away, but a war against the purposes of God. I wrote in the Harbinger of the signs of judgment that appeared in the last days of ancient Israel, warning of calamity, that these same signs of warning have now appeared on American soil. The biblical template concerning judgment is that the nation so warned is given a space of time to return or to head for judgment and calamity. We are now in that window of time. But if America continues on its present course, that window will come to an end and there will come a flood that will begin the end of religious freedom even usher in persecution and seal America's fall. And if America falls, it will affect the entire world. This year, 2020, is crucial as it leads to a presidential election in which the stakes are higher and the necessity of prayer more critical than ever before. And even if the election goes in the direction of biblical values and righteousness, if we don't see a spiritual turning, an awakening, a repentance, revival, then all the political, legal, judicial, and cultural efforts will ultimately fail or be undone. We have a window of time, and the purpose of that window is to return and for revival. Without that return, America will be lost. What can we do? What can you do? In the days following 9-11, people flocked to houses of worship, and it looked as if there could have been a spiritual revival, an awakening. But it never came, because there was no repentance. And without repentance, without a turning back, there can be no revival. But I have seen, once in my life, the hand of God change the course of American and world history. And it all began, not in the halls of government, but with the people of God who gathered in a sacred assembly in our nation's capital, with the scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. It can happen again. But if we don't respond now, at this most critical moment, we may never have the chance to do so again. Since the time of 9-11, I've been calling for return, for repentance, for revival not only as individuals, but as a nation, according to 2 Chronicles 7.14. At the same time, a faithful man of God, Kevin Jessup, has for years carried the burden of a sacred assembly for that same purpose of restoration. We are convicted that now is the time. Therefore, this is the announcing of the return, the national and global day of prayer and repentance. It will be a day and more than a day, a time and a season for the movement for prayer, repentance, return, and revival. The central day will be Saturday, September 26th 
in a sacred assembly according to what is laid forth in Scripture to take place in our nation's capital on the Washington Mall. For those who can't make it or want to do something where you are, then gather together in your states, your cities, in your towns, in your houses of worship, in your homes, or be part of those gatherings already planned. This will take place not only 40 days before the presidential election, but also on the 400th anniversary of the sailing of the Mayflower, in the days of America's founding and dedication to God. And surrounding the day of return on September 26th will be 10 days, known from ancient times as the 10 days of repentance, starting with the Feast of Trumpets and ending on the Day of Atonement, to set as a special time to intensify our prayers, our intercessions for repentance and revival. September 18th to September 28th. Believers and leaders who are already part of the return include everybody from Pat Robertson to Dr. James Dobson, from Billy Graham's daughter Anne Graham Lotz to Martin Luther King's niece Alveda King, and many, many more. When does the return begin? Right now. How? With you and me as we commit this time and this year for return, prayer, repentance, and revival. To commit first to our own repentance and to begin actually living in revival. And then to pray for others, the return and revival of our nation and the world. You who are parents, begin by leading your families in revival. Ministers, lead your groups in revival. Pastors, lead your churches into revival. Leaders of ministries, movements, and denominations, lead your people into revival. And spread the word to everybody you can. Let the believers, pastors, and churches in your areas know. Use social media. Use everything you can to spread the word so they can have a part. And if you're watching this and you're not sure you know God or that your life is in His will, then come to Him now or come back to Him now and then come join in in the return. So I invite you to come to the nation's capital on the Washington Mall September 26th, 2020. Plan now. You can rent buses, trains, cars, planes, however you can come. Or gather wherever you are. And if you're watching this from a nation outside of America, you can be part of bringing the return to your nation by doing what I've set forth in this message and going to the return website for more information. I'll be sending out more messages as we go forth. But for now, for more information, to have a greater part, to represent the return in your area, or to stay up to date, if you're not already on that site, go to the website for The Return, which is easy to remember. It's thereturnwebsite.org. That's thereturnwebsite.org. The Lord is calling. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. The movement and chance we have before us now may never come again. If we don't return now, we may pass the point of no return. So now, in view of the calling and of the moment before us, let us each rise to that call to do what he has called us to do, to believe for great and mighty things we know not of, to return and seek to live in revival and become messengers of revival. It's time to break up our fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord as never before. It's time to return. live stream. Those of you that are here in the sanctuary, it's time to return in our hearts, in our priorities to make sure that we live on the cutting edge. To make sure that we're right and ready to meet a holy God. Join me in a fresh prayer of commitment. Say, Lord Jesus, I belong to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I humble myself this morning. I pray. And I'm going to begin to seek you, Lord. 
your mercy, your grace, your goodness, your kindness. Jesus, you are the son of God who died for me and rose from the dead. Be the Lord of my life. I turn. I repent. I go a different direction. As a Christian. As someone that may know you or may not know you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's look at this last scripture. Tom, would you come, please? I want to look at the scripture. You need to get this in your spirit. In that day, you will sing. I will praise you, O Lord. You were angry with me, but not anymore. Now you comfort me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look Hallelujah. at this. Look at this. See God. Amen. Read that verse again. See God has come to save me. No, no, no. Go back to the, the verse. In that day. Say, today is that day. Today is that day. In that day, the trouble you're in right now, in that day, the season we're in America. Yes. We will sing. I will what? Sing. Woo. I will what? Sing. I will what? Sing. I will also what? Praise you. Praise you. Oh, Lord. In that day of trouble, that day of calamity, in that day what's happening in America right now, in that day what's going on in the world, in the day where the spirit of fear is trying to attack the world, the spirit of fear, in that day, I will stand up, I will sing, and I will praise you. But not anymore. Now you comfort. See, God has what? Read the rest of it. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The whoa, Lord God. Whoa, 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 whoa. I will trust in him and not be what? Afraid. No fear. Go on. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Woo! What a powerful passage of scripture. Get that in your heart. That's in the NLT, Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Look it up in the NLT version. It's very clear about fear, about praise, about worship. Do you have your handouts? Let's get ready to profess. We have a prayer. We're going to begin to decree. Amen. And if everybody will stand. And those of you on live stream this morning, if you'd like a copy, all you have to do is call the office and we'll get you one. Amen? And let's decree this together, saints. Lord, we are your people, blood-bought, purchased, and redeemed. We come before your heavenly court. You are the judge, and Jesus and his shed blood stands in our place as our advocate. We cry out for the gift of repentance, mercy, and forgiveness. Create in us clean hearts that have a renewed passion for all that is Jesus and your kingdom. We stand in the gap for every sin, transgression, and iniquity in us the church, our nation, and the world. We believe by faith for changed hearts and thank you for resetting our lives. We take authority over the powers of darkness and forces of evil and no sickness, no disease will come near our homes. We stand and believe that when we return to you, to your word, your ways, and humble ourselves and seek your face like never before, then you will heal us and heal our land. Hallelujah! Come on, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Jump up and down in your living rooms, your bedrooms, wherever you're watching. Hallelujah!
Come on, let's begin to praise the Lord. That spirit of fear off of us, away from this church, away from the body of Christ, and out of the United States and the world. Come on, let's deal with the spirit of fear. Thank you, God. of the return in September. Amen? But I want to encourage you. Uh, there's some bottled water out there. I'm going to make a special exception. You can drink a bottle while you're here, and you can take a bottle home with you. Amen? Praise the Lord. <laughs> we got plenty of water in this house. Amen? So, uh, before we dismiss, remember again, drink a bottle, fellowship, and take a bottle home with you. Amen? Um, Tom, you know that song that you wrote? That it's, it's about warfare. That new one that you, we got from uh, Reverend Foster. 
Can we sing that? Linda Foster. Praise the Lord. Well, whatever God gives you, warfare. We'll see you tonight. I have a new clip tonight. We do part two of this. We're going to keep seven Chronicles, but I got a new opening, powerful verse, a new closing verse. Just open your eyes up, like you saw in Isaiah. And I got a clip of five pastors on a panel. How do you deal with the coronavirus? From a Baptist to Assembly of God to a Presbyterian youth pastor, five pastors interviewed how to deal with the coronavirus tonight. It'll be part of this sermon. Don't forget us tonight. We'll be here at 7 o'clock. And I want to say once again, the elders are open. If you need prayer, we're here to pray for you. Amen? There's a need. We're here. God's still a healing God. He still sits on the throne. And if you came late and you brought your tithes, amen? If you have a special seed offering, please place it in the basket up here. We appreciate all your generosity, all that you can do in a special seed offering. Amen. Are we ready to dismiss? Tom, you got something for us or to play? We can praise the Lord and, and put that scripture back up. I got to read that scripture.